sun to shine Putting the stars in the sky For the flowers that bloom The ocean so blue Thank you, Lord Pharaoh that sings Make sweet melody For the river that flows The rain and the snow Thank you, Lord I just want to thank you, Lord I just want to thank you, Lord For everything you've done for me Thank you, Lord I just want to thank you, Lord I just want to thank you, Lord For making me whole Saving my soul Thank you, Lord. Keep it up. We can do it. <laughs> for my whole family, for the joy my children bring, for shoes on our feet, plenty to eat. Thank you, Lord, for the church where I worship and pray, for the freedom I have today. Holy Spirit, I feel your presence so real. Thank you, Lord. I just want to thank you, Lord. I just want to thank you, Lord, for everything you've done for me. Thank you, Lord. I just want to thank you, Lord. I just want to thank you, Lord. For making me whole, saving my soul, thank you, Lord. For being a friend so dear, giving my sad heart cheer. For holding my hand when I could not stand, thank you, Lord. For giving your life for me. On a cross at Calvary For taking my place Mercy and grace Thank you, Lord I just want to thank you, Lord I just want to thank you, Lord For everything you've done for me Thank you, Lord I just want to thank you just want to thank you, Lord, for making me whole, saving my soul. Thank you, Lord. Song tonight. Anything else on your heart tonight before we turn the service over? If not, Certainly an honor to be in the house of the Lord uh, this evening, and good to be here once again at Fairview Memorial. And I'm thankful to say that uh, I've been blessed here uh, many times through the years. The opportunity the Lord has allowed me to have to be in service here on various occasions, and I'm thankful for uh, this church, and thankful for what this church stands for, and for 
everyone that makes up this body here and the purpose that this church is still fulfilling for the Lord here in this area. I can never thank the Lord enough for his many blessings, and I do want to say before I go any further, I appreciate the kind remarks by Brother Cole, and I appreciate him and his family, what he stands for, and I'm thankful that uh, I can reflect back through the years and call uh, the good conversations that uh, we had even uh, back at the time he mentioned when he was in school and, and uh, he uh, was just a, an individual that uh, was a blessing to me to be able to have as a student and to be able to talk to the Lord, uh, talk with him about the Lord rather. And, uh, and I'm thankful for those opportunities that the Lord has given me through the years uh, in school with uh, those uh, students and but I do appreciate him and, and, and uh, his stand for the Lord and for the good work he's doing here at Fairview Memorial. And uh, I want to uh, go to some scriptures uh, with the Lord's help that uh, the Lord's laid upon my heart. I certainly need your prayers and I appreciate the confidence that uh, this church has shown forth to me to allow me to come here tonight and appreciate the confidence that uh, Brother Cole had uh, for me to ask me to come, and I do appreciate that invitation. It's kind of an honor to try to come and, and preach the Word of God here tonight. And as I was uh, coming in tonight, even before I got here, I want to mention this before I go any further as well. I began to reflect on uh, the way the Lord blessed me when I was young, uh, being carried to church at Maple Grove, number two, there in Macon County, and the time frame when the Lord was blessing there in a great, powerful way, and in 1986, at that good revival meeting there, uh, the Lord saw fit to save my soul, and, and uh, others there, and uh, I have a picture that I brought along with me to show Brother Curtis, uh, or that uh, he was just getting ready to baptize me there in Long Creek, into the fellowship of Maple Grove Church. And uh, that's special to me tonight. Uh, after uh, uh, the blessing of being saved, that's the, the next great blessing that uh, comes after being saved is when you become a member of the Lord's church. And uh, there is nothing greater than that in life. And I'm thankful for Brother Curtis and, and how the Lord used him there in those uh, years and, and uh, the way that uh, the Lord blessed there. And, and I'm just so grateful for uh, the way the Lord has blessed me uh, through the years. And uh, I continue to think about uh, this being the time frame of the year, and we ought to think about uh, such scripture and, and the way that we ought to thank the Lord. And Second uh, Corinthians 9.15, I believe that it is, where Paul said, Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. And, uh, I can never thank the Lord enough for the unspeakable gift of God, of eternal life and knowing of a time and place where that we that have been saved can go to when we pray through to the Lord and repent of faith, we found peace to our soul, and we were sure that we were born again by the Spirit of God. And I am thankful uh, for God's blessings. I need your uh, prayers tonight. I need the Lord's help. And I do want to call your attention to some scriptures. As I said, I want to try to uh, get to those uh, to begin with as I after praying and 
meditating upon what the Lord would have me to preach tonight. These scriptures continue to uh, press upon my heart and other scriptures along with it. So I would uh, like to invite your attention to uh, a scripture reading from the book of Psalm. This is Psalm 112, where I'll be reading from. Psalm 112. And I want to begin with uh, verse 5 of this particular psalm. Verse 5, and I'd like to read down through uh, verse 8. Verse 5 through 8 of the 112th psalm. The scripture says, A good man showeth favor and lendeth. He will guide his affairs with discretion. Surely he shall not be moved forever. The righteous shall be in everlasting remembrance. He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. His heart is established. He shall not be afraid until he see his desire upon his enemies. That concludes the scripture lesson upon my heart uh, from the 112th Psalm, uh, verses 5 through 8. For a text tonight, I'd like to read... Uh, in connection with these uh, scriptures, uh, a scripture that's uh, found in the book of Hebrews, uh, Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13, I uh, want to read verse uh, 8 and 9 both. Verses 8 and 9 of the 13th chapter of Hebrews for a text. Scripture says, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, And today and forever. Be not cared about with divers and strange doctrines. For it is a good thing that the heart be established with grace. Not with meats which have not profited them that have been occupied therein. Now, those are the scriptures that the Lord has initially laid upon my heart. And, uh, and I want to call your attention back to uh, verse 9 for foundation of thought the Lord has given me, uh, taken from this particular verse and, and the other verses I have read, and uh, that is uh, the established heart. The established heart is what I want to try to emphasize in this message here tonight, and, and with the uh, uh, scripture reading uh, under consideration about the established heart, I must uh, include that which is stated here, and that is with grace. So I guess a better title might be uh, uh, Grace and the Established Heart. So nevertheless, uh, the established heart with grace is uh, what I want to try to uh, get across in this message here tonight. And No doubt there are many uh, ideas in the world that people may have about uh, being established. More often times, we would probably hear people talk about becoming established in a, a temporal sense or in a worldly sense, uh, having to do with uh, their career that they have in mind, in their future, speaking of uh, ways that they can advance themselves in a natural way uh, by the means of school and so forth to uh, get to the place that they can become established in life, have a good career and to uh, have a, a good income uh, to provide. And those things are, are okay in this place. Those things are, are good uh, to uh, earn a good living. 
But nevertheless, with that being said, uh, it seems that uh, uh, far too many uh, have uh, lost sight of what they need to uh, consider from a spiritual standpoint about being established in their life. And so, and that is uh, being established in their hearts, being saved by the grace of God, and, and knowing the Lord in the free pardon of sin, and having that assurance in their life. Now, uh, I want to go back to the, the scripture lesson to reflect on some of these passages here. And, and going back to the text once again, you see how that uh, the, the scripture uh, uh, states that, uh, that Jesus Christ the same yesterday and today and forever. And how that it states it's a good thing that the heart be established uh, with grace. Now, before that statement, we read how that the scripture says to be not carried away, carried away carried about rather, excuse me, to be carried about with diverse and strange doctrines. It seems that uh, uh, there are many uh, uh, false doctrines in the world today uh, that are very influential upon uh, many people in the world. In fact, uh, we know by the scriptures that uh, there will be more to be drawn and be led uh, by uh, the false doctrines of the world rather than the truth. And I think we realize that according to God's word, that uh, uh, God's true children in the world and the Lord's churches are in a minority when it comes to uh, the population of the world. As we reflect upon the years uh, that is in our past and the years that may be to come. And the scripture does affirm that. Now, uh, I want to uh, go back, as I said, to uh, take a look uh, at some of these passages that I have read already and Noticing how that it says that uh, this is in reference to the righteous. And how that uh, a person that is righteous, that is a person that's been born again, saved by the grace of God, uh, is uh, under consideration here the one who is established in his heart. The one who, as it says here, that his heart is fixed. Now, uh, before I get to further details about uh, that statement, as I... Uh, go back and refer back to uh, the, the strange doctrines, the, the, the false uh, uh, teachings of the world today. It, it seems that uh, uh, too many are not uh, concerned about uh, those uh, false damnable heresies that uh, are very rapid in our world today, that are very commonplace. And we ought to be very concerned in uh, the times that we're living about uh, the damnable heresies that are so prevalent uh, in our society. Uh, we ought to uh, recognize, as the Bible tells us, in uh, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, as the Apostle Paul wrote to Timothy there, he said in the Scripture there, he said uh, that uh, the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. There's uh, many doctrines of the devil today uh, that are uh, being influenced upon uh, people of the world, and many are deceived. And many do not know uh, about uh, having an established heart uh, in the world today. There are many, as it has been through the years, uh, that have been deceived. They have been uh, misled and uh, they have never gotten to the place where that uh, they have truly repented and trusted the Lord to the salvation of their soul and, and then having a, a, an established heart uh, by grace. Now, uh, as I said, I want to go back uh, 
to uh, some statements that were made as I uh, read uh, from the book of Psalm 112, where the, the scripture uh, states that how it says his heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. Now, uh, when you get down to uh, verse 8, how the, he said his heart is established, be, and he shall not be afraid. Now, I want to say this uh, uh, to make a point about uh, this statement here, that he shall not be afraid, and that's uh, one uh, common uh, experience that we have, one common uh, uh, thing that uh, God's children do have, and that is the fact that we that have been saved by God's grace, who have been established in our hearts, uh, that uh, the fear that we once had when we were lost is taken away. We no longer have the fear of dying and going to hell. Uh, the scripture affirms in 1 John 4, 18, there it says uh, that uh, it states about uh, how that uh, the love of God, it speaks about the love of God there. It says a perfect love casteth out fear. It says no, there's no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear. And that's what happens at the moment uh, of saving faith when people uh, truly come to the Lord, when they're lost and separated from God, under the power of conviction, how when they have that trouble and sorrow, which works true repentance, the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 7 and 10, it says, therefore godly sorrow works the penance and the salvation. Not to be repented of, but the sorrow of the world worketh death. And so it's godly sorrow that works true repentance, which is uh, the way of salvation. Repentance to God in faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And there's only been but one gospel and uh, one way of salvation that ever has been sufficient, ever will be sufficient. Remember how the, the Bible says Jesus Christ the same yesterday and today and forever. Now, uh, as we uh, uh, consider that furthermore, and how that uh, as we take a look uh, in the scriptures about uh, what the Bible uh, tells us here about uh, being established in the heart, and I want to uh, uh, just define the word established here, that we would understand from a spiritual standpoint uh, what the meaning is here. And I want to say this today, that, uh, that from a spiritual standpoint and the understanding of the ways of God, His Word, and the ways of the church uh, will never be uh, spiritually understood and spiritually discerned until a person is established by grace in the hearts by way of salvation. And so a person must possess the Spirit of God to understand the things of the Spirit of God. And that's what the Scripture affirms to us in Second Corinthians, excuse me, in First Corinthians chapter two, where Paul emphasized that in his writings there. Now, uh, as we go back to uh, uh, this uh, word established here. I want to define this word established as we uh, take a look at it, uh, uh, as we consider the translated meaning of the word. It means uh, sustain, to sustain, or to be made firm or prepared. And so uh, you see how that uh, uh, this reflects uh, uh, the meaning here of being established by grace in the heart. And so to be made firm, prepared in the heart, saved by the grace of God. And uh, when one is saved by the grace of God, uh, you see, that person is sustained by the grace of God. Never more to be lost, never more to be in danger of dying lost without God and going to hell. And so with these uh, uh, thoughts in mind as we uh, move forward in this message about the heart being established, you see how that uh, uh, with this in mind and, and how that uh, it states that, uh, uh, that one that has... Uh, uh, been established in the heart is one that's been made firm or, or prepared in his heart and, and which reflects that uh, his heart is fixed. And so that means that uh, uh, fixed from uh, uh, being uh, broken in sin to, 
from being uh, brokenhearted uh, and contrite. That's what the scripture affirms to us. Uh, that uh, That is what must take place before uh, that one can have a fixed heart. There must first be a broken heart in the contrite spirits before there is a need to be fixed in the heart. And so I say that to say this, that uh, in the modern day religious world that we live, there is a little uh, information or little uh, preaching done about uh, what it uh, is to be lost and the understanding of what it is about the, what the Bible teaches us about the age of accountability. Uh, see, uh, the scripture uh, teaches us that uh, when one is born to this world, we are born by nature sinners. And we uh, are born with a sinful nature. And uh, Isaiah, excuse me, uh, Psalms 51 and 5, uh, the psalmist there said, he said, Behold, the psalmist David said, Behold, I was shaped in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. And so uh, uh, when Adam transgressed the law of God, it brought sin and death upon all the human family. And so because of Adam's sin, we are by nature sinners, born to this world. Uh, by uh, our nature, we're born in sin. And so the Bible tells us in uh, Romans 3, 23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Now, uh, we also find that uh, uh, because of that truth, uh, that, uh, that when, when one uh, uh, is uh, at a young age, that when one uh, uh, is uh, uh, coming up in life, uh, uh, there, there uh, comes a time when uh, that person becomes uh, of age where that one becomes accountable for his sins. Uh, that one becomes spiritually dead. And uh, that's what it is to be lost. That's the Bible meaning of being lost and separated from God. And so uh, there, there are uh, comments that I have heard made by uh, those who uh, claim to be preachers. Uh, and I have heard it said that, uh, that uh, people, when they uh, are born to this world, they're born lost. And uh, the, the Bible does not teach that. Yes, we're born by nature sinners, but one does not become lost and separate from God until uh, that point in time is when God determines that upon that individual, uh, whatever age that that might be, and that is when that person becomes lost, when that person becomes spiritually dead in God's sight. Uh, because uh, uh, the scripture tells us uh, in reference to that time of being becoming spiritually dead, and I'm making a point about this before I get back to about the heart being fixed, to being established, uh, that, uh, that when one... Uh, becomes lost, that is when a person stands in need of being born again to be established in their hearts by grace. And so uh, the Apostle Paul said this about that time in his life when he become lost and separated from God. Romans 7 and 9, where Paul there said, he said, for I was alive without the law once, but when the commandment came, sin revived and I died. So he was talking about that spiritual death of becoming lost and separated from God. And so and then uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3 and 4, uh, Paul there said, he said, But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, uh, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. And so there it declares that uh, if our gospel be hid, it's hid to those, to them that are lost. And them that are lost are those that are guilty of the sin of unbelief. Uh, who uh, are in con under condemnation. And that's what uh, the scripture refers to us in John chapter 3. John chapter 3, verses 16 through 18, the Bible there says, For God so loved the world, that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not His Son to the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. 
He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And then it says in verse 36, The wrath of God abideth on him. And so one that's lost is in a state of unbelief and is guilty of the sin of unbelief. And that's why that there's the purpose and the necessity of the Holy Spirit to convict people of that sin of unbelief. And that's what the Scripture tells us in John chapter 16, verses 8 and 9, how the, the Lord, how the, that He would reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment of sin because they believe not on me. And so uh, that is uh, the uh, uh, problem. That is what uh, is uh, the condition of a person that when they become lost, and that is they're guilty of the sin of unbelief. And therefore, in order to uh, uh, be brought out of that uh, simple state, to be uh, born again to God's family, one must meet the conditions of repentance for God and faith in the Lord Jesus to believe on Him to the salvation of their soul to be established in their hearts, to be fixed. And so that's what uh, uh, this uh, uh, refers to about uh, being fixed. It says His heart is fixed. Just like the psalmist David said in Psalms 57 and 7. It says, there it says, oh God, my heart is fixed. My heart is fixed. And so, if you have been saved by the grace of God tonight, you have a time and place where you prayed through in the power of conviction after hearing the gospel, and uh, you've been born again by the Spirit of God through my repentance and faith, uh, and, then, uh, and found peace to your soul and uh, having the assurance of salvation, your heart has been fixed, uh, born again. And so, uh, that, that's... Uh, uh, what the Bible affirms to us, and also, as I said, uh, it takes uh, uh, the fact that a person must become brokenhearted before there's uh, that need and, and for uh, that uh, individual to be fixed in his heart. Uh, the Bible says in Psalms 34 and 18, The Lord is nigh to them who have a broken heart, and save us such as be of a contrite spirit. And so a broken heart and contrite spirit has always been uh, necessary and needful, and uh, it's... Uh, uh, needful for anybody that's lost to be saved. Uh, that that uh, is the only way whereby that people can truly uh, repent and trust the Lord uh, and to come with a broken heart and a contrite spirit in prayer, praying for mercy. I said to you that uh, I'm so thankful for that unspeakable gift of God. And when the Lord saved my soul in 1986 uh, on that Saturday night, that's when my heart became established in grace, by the grace of God. In 1986, uh, uh, you see, I made my way to an altar after struggling uh, for a, a good bit of time, uh, uh, going uh, uh, from time to time to church, knowing, uh, struggling over the fact that I was lost, and hearing Brother Curtis preach uh, uh, Sunday after Sunday, and the dread that I had uh, going to church, uh, and knowing, uh, and just uh, uh, realizing uh, that I was lost, and, and then uh, the devil right there trying to convince me in my mind that everything was still all right. Uh, but uh, when I finally got honest, when I was uh, 12 years old there on that Wednesday day service, uh, a good friend of mine uh, I was sitting with, he made his way to an altar. His grandmother uh, came and uh, talked with him, and, and uh, he came forward. He began seeking the Lord, and uh, he was uh, saved there on the mourner's bench. And, and uh, when he came forward, uh, uh, I came right after behind him, and I came, and I was there seeking the Lord. Well, uh, according to his testimony, he got saved that day. And then that night, we came back. And I began, I was still seeking the Lord. I was still uh, struggling over my pride. Uh, yes, I made my way to an altar praying for mercy. But at the same time, uh, oh, I tell you, I was still full of pride, wondering uh, what people thought about me praying here on the altar. And, and, uh, and I was uh, uh, not uh, uh, truly trusting the Lord and getting humbling uh, 
uh, humble enough to be saved uh, in true repentance. And so I would uh, come uh, time and time again. To, and that night, as I said, uh, another good friend of mine got saved uh, there. Uh, and I saw him uh, there on his knees. And it wasn't long. He came up uh, rejoicing. And, and, uh, and I, I was there still seeking the Lord. And I got to thinking uh, with... Uh, uh, with uh, that in mind, with him being saved on his knees while I was sitting upright on the morning's bench. And I got to thinking, uh, maybe it's because uh, I'm not on my knees. And I, I began to try it. I got down on my knees, began to seek the Lord on my knees. And uh, uh, it still uh, was no different. Uh, and I came to realize, whether I was on my knees or, or uh, sitting upright on the morning's bench, uh, I still had the problem with my heart, uh, still not uh, where it needs to be, uh, coming to the Lord and in repentance of faith, I realized that uh, it was my heart that was the problem, not my bodily uh, position, you see. And so uh, when I uh, continued to come, uh, it, it was uh, finally on that Saturday night. When I came that night, uh, I was so much to spare. And I remember coming uh, to church that night, and, and uh, I, I was so resolved in my mind and heart uh, that when I came to the altar that night, that I wasn't going to leave. Uh, and I was so determined, and I was so much in despair. And, and uh, after those uh, many attempts to seek the Lord, day and night services, finally on my, my eighth trip to the altar, it was the eighth trip to the altar. Uh, that night, uh, I'd been there for a good bit of time, but finally, uh, by the Lord's help, when I lost sight of everybody and everything, uh, still there were, there were some there still uh, standing around, praying, waiting on the Lord, and finally it happened. Uh, uh, there the Lord, uh, as I was begging for mercy, pleading for the Lord to save my soul, all of a sudden something happened, and it caused me to quit praying. There I was sitting uh, there on, those mor on the morning's bench there when it happened, and, and I just raised up in amazement. And I recall, uh, oh, how uh, that I felt that you knew, knew something happened in my heart, and, and I just uh, was just in amazement uh, of that taking place in my heart. And, uh, and it caused me, like I said, to quit praying. Uh, and, uh, and so I, I sat there uh, for just uh, a few moments, and, and, I, and I had the thought, well, I need to be sure about this. And so I went down and I began to try to pray again. And I couldn't even hardly pray. And, and I knew uh, uh, with, without uh, any doubt that knew what the Lord had done for me. And that's when I stood and, and I told that I had the Lord saved my soul. I found peace and assurance. And, and I'm thankful for that tonight. And, and so, uh, you see, that's when I became established in my heart by the grace of God. Now, uh, I want to move on uh, with uh, uh, some uh, further scriptures that are for my heart. And, and uh, I... I certainly want to uh, try to follow the Lord tonight with this thought of having an established heart. Now, I want to point out some other scriptures uh, that uh, I want to call your attention to when it comes to uh, uh, being established uh, in the heart by grace. Now, uh, there are many scriptures that uh, could uh, be brought out about the grace of God. And, and salvation has always been by the grace of God through faith. It always has been, always will be. Always has been but one gospel. Uh, one way of salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ. And He is the object of faith. Uh, he is the only one whereby the people can be saved, as it says in Acts 4 and 12. It says, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none, none other name unto heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Now, uh, as we uh, uh, reflect on uh, the, the grace of God, uh, remember how that the Scripture affirmed to us in Hebrews 13, about being, a, it's a good thing to be established by grace uh, in the heart. And so, uh, established in the heart by grace. Now, uh, as we uh, uh, take a look furthermore about uh, other scriptures about uh, the grace of God, uh, we find about uh, being established what the Bible says in Romans. In Romans, uh, notice what the Bible affirms here. In Romans, uh, 
If you'll bear with me, if I can go to it in the 16th chapter of Romans, it states this. Now, Paul uh, wrote to these saints at Rome, and he said, Now to him that is a power to establish you. Uh, there's, a, uh, there's that word established. Now, it says, uh, Now to him that is a power to establish you, who you according to my gospel. Now, notice how it says according to my gospel. And the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery which was kept secret since the world began, but now is made manifest and by the scriptures of the prophets, according to the commandment of the everlasting God, made known to all nations uh, for the obedience of faith. Now, I want to point out to you, uh, as we uh, uh, see how that it uh, affirms that, that this is uh, uh, brought about by power. And uh, I cannot express to you uh, that uh, any uh, more as far as... Uh, uh, the, uh, the necessity of uh, the, the power that must be involved uh, in uh, the salvation of a soul. There must be power, the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, there must be convicting power. Uh, there must be the drawing of the Spirit for people to be saved. The people must hear the gospel. And the Bible says in the Scripture, remember how it says, uh, as I said here, as I wrote, read here, uh, the power, it says, to establish you according to my gospel. The gospel, it says in Romans 1.16, is the power of God and the salvation to everyone that believeth to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And so uh, that's what Paul stated. Now, uh, as we uh, uh, reflect more about uh, the grace of God and uh, being established by power, and you uh, just reflect back upon uh, your own experience, if you've been saved by the grace of God, how that, that was brought about. And uh, uh, when you uh, uh, think about uh, the, the preaching of God's Word, the, the hearing of the gospel, and the convicting power that we experienced in our heart that brought about trouble, that brought about the sorrow, which brought about true repentance of faith, uh, that there was needful for us to truly seek the Lord with all of our heart and be saved by the grace of God. And so uh, the, Paul said in the Scriptures about that power, he said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 17 and 18, uh, verse 17 clarifies the fact, as he pointed out, that baptism uh, was not part of that gospel message of the way of salvation. And so many deny that scripture. No doubt, they deny the power of God. Uh, that uh, The Bible there says, uh, for Paul there said, he, he said, for Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ be made of none effect. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but to us which are saved, it is the power of God. And so there he expresses that salvation uh, is by the power of God. And it is. And we that have been saved, we have experienced that power. Uh, but yet uh, uh, the, the religious world is filled with people who deny that power. Uh, as it says, uh, as it uh, uh, is uh, brought about in the scripture where Paul said in uh, the third chapter of 2 Timothy in, in verse 1. In 2 Timothy chapter uh, uh, 3 in verse 1, he said in the last days, perilous times shall come. And so uh, perilous times, dangerous times, difficult times. And so uh, the last days is what he is having reference to there. And I'm persuaded to believe that we're seeing evidence of those last days. Now, I don't know how much longer we have here upon this earth, but we do see the evidence of those things that were mentioned there. We see how that it says in verse 5, it says uh, people that says that uh, would having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. And then in verse 7, he said, ever learning but never able to come unto the knowledge of the truth. Uh, there's been the world today by way of religion who deny the power of God that deny a spiritual experience of salvation. Now, 
uh, as we uh, uh, reflect furthermore uh, about what the Scripture says about the grace of God, it tells us in Titus 2 and 11, it says, The grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. And so uh, I, bring, I bring to you that Scripture to affirm the fact that, uh, that when Jesus uh, died upon the cross of Calvary, uh, that uh, uh, atoning sacrifice was for all mankind. Uh, it's expressed uh, over and over in God's Word that that is the truth of the matter. Anything less than that uh, would be uh, a matter of uh, an untruth. That would be a uh, heresy. Uh, and so uh, I firmly believe that. And so uh, the Scripture tells us uh, uh, in the Bible uh, in various places about that atoning sacrifice. And so uh, the Scripture tells us uh, about that, that atoning sacrifice there upon the cross of Calvary. Uh, how that... Uh, it says according to God's express purpose uh, and uh, the atoning sacrifice. As it says uh, in the book of uh, uh, going back to uh, the scriptures, I want to go back to uh, uh, the, a few places in God's word, if you'll bear with me here, just to express God's purpose uh, about uh, that atoning sacrifice and, and His willingness, willingness to save all lost mankind. And so uh, we find uh, uh, in the book of 1 John chapter 2, verse 2, it says, the Apostle John there said that he's a propitiation for our sins, not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. And so uh, that includes all mankind. Uh, that sacrifice was for all. And so then according to God's express purpose about the way of salvation, uh, we find it says in the book of uh, 2 Peter 3 and 9, it says there, it says, but we see Jesus who was made a little Lord. Excuse me, let's back up. Second uh, Peter three and nine says, "The Lord's not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but His long suffering to us were not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance." And so that is the Lord's desire and will to save anybody that's lost, uh, for everybody that's lost to be saved. And so that is uh, uh, in connection and in consistency with the commission that He gave the church. Matthew, uh, excuse me, Mark sixteen fifteen tells us. Going to all the world to preach the gospel to every creature. And so uh, there's an inconsistency in the word of God if one were to claim that Jesus did not die for all, but yet to say that the gospel should be preached to every creature, to all mankind. And so uh, that would be uh, uh, an absurdity uh, to uh, say that there's consistency in that. Uh, that, would be, uh, uh, that would be a mockery to go out and, and to say that Jesus only died for certain ones when the gospel is being preached to, uh, uh, should be preached to all the world, and yet uh, some that may be preached to, to come to the Lord in prayer and, and put their faith and trust in that shed blood, if that blood was not shed for them, that would be a mockery. And that would be inconsistent according to the scriptures. And so let's uh, go back to uh, some uh, other scriptures I want to try to get to. And as I uh, think about uh, uh, the, the affirming uh, uh, word of God, how the Bible tells us, uh, about that uh, atoning sacrifice of God's purpose. And, uh, we see it says uh, in Hebrews 2 and 9, another scripture that affirms that Jesus died for all. It says, but we see Jesus, who is made a little lower than the angels, for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. And so uh, you cannot uh, uh, take away from the fact that it says every man. That means all. And so... Uh, and then uh, uh, one more scripture to uh, uh, bring out to you about God's will and purpose. As we uh, see, it says also in uh, John chapter 6, verse 40, where Jesus said there, he said, This is the will of him that sent me, and that everyone which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I'll raise him up at the last day. 
And so uh, that, that uh, there's another scripture that uh, uh, states that truth as well. Now, uh, I wanted to get to some scriptures about the grace of God. And I truly believe that there's uh, lots of misunderstanding about the grace of God in the world. Uh, there's uh, uh, some uh, uh, misunderstanding about uh, the purpose of God's grace and uh, the uh, way of grace. And uh, the Bible clearly tells us, For by grace are you saved through faith, and not, not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. As it says in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. Now, uh, let's go back. I want to uh, read a, a few passages here, if you'll bear with me. And uh, I want to just to bring out some, some uh, further scriptures here to uh, uh, bring forth some thoughts. And, uh, you can uh, go over to uh, the book of uh, Timothy, and, uh, and this is one place in the scripture, and I want to bring out some passages here about the grace of God and how that uh, the scripture says this about the grace of God in, in uh, 2 Timothy chapter 1, where uh, Paul wrote here, and, and uh, he said this. He said, uh, uh, he's speaking about uh, uh, the testimony of the Lord in verse 8. But then I want to read uh, the following uh, couple of verses here. In verse 9 and 10 of this first chapter of uh, 2 Timothy. Paul here said who, hath, said, who hath saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. Now I want to point out to you, how that it was stressed here in the script, this verse of Scripture that it was not according to our works. No man has ever been saved by doing good works to get to heaven. Never will be. And it's always been by the grace of God, whereby the people are established in their hearts uh, by the grace of God. And so uh, we find that uh, uh, the, the Bible tells us that the, back, the fact that uh, when uh, people are lost and separated from God, there's uh, none uh, that are able uh, to perform enough good works to get to heaven. That's why the Bible speaks about grace, love, and mercy uh, in the Scripture. In Titus chapter 3, verses 4 through 7, there it says, But after that the kindness and love of God our Savior to a man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which He shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that being justified by His grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. And so uh, there the scripture affirms uh, about the grace of God there as well. And the love and, and mercy of God uh, and the grace of God uh, that is given to a person uh, when they're saved uh, and saved uh, through that atoning sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ when that blood is uh, applied uh, to the soul of a person at the point of a saving faith when one truly comes to him with all the heart and repentance of faith uh, calling on the Lord for salvation. Now, Again, I want to move forward with this verse of Scripture. Notice, again, how it speaks about, uh, about God's own purpose and grace. Now, here's where many in the world, uh, uh, where that they have a misunderstanding about the grace of God. Now, it goes on to say, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. And so, that does not affirm uh, some uh, uh, points of damnable heresy of the world that will claim that... Uh, that uh, before the uh, foundation of the world, that through the Lord, that it was determined that uh, certain ones were going to be predestinated uh, to go to heaven and elected before the foundation of the world, and that none others have opportunity of salvation, but only those certain elect few, ones that were uh, uh, chosen before the foundation of the world. That's not what the Scripture is affirming. This is not uh, what this uh, uh, Scripture is saying here. Uh, this is a... Uh, uh, 
saying what this scripture is affirming about God's purpose and grace, that that purpose and grace was in Christ uh, before the world began. In other words, that uh, it was determined before the world was created. Uh, that uh, according to the scripture in uh, Acts 2.23, that there's a council meeting in heaven. It says, Him being delivered by the determined counsel and foreknowledge of God, you have taken by wicked hands, have crucified and slain. And so uh, according to that determinate counsel of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, that it was determined that Jesus would be the Savior of the world, that it was determined that uh, in Him, uh, that uh, uh, through His atoning sacrifice, and, and that given time when He would go to the cross of Calvary, according to uh, God's uh, uh, chosen way, uh, at that given time that He would die for the sins of all mankind, He would be buried, He would rise again the third day, and uh, through uh, that precious blood that whosoever would uh, uh, repent of their sins uh, and believe in the Lord Jesus uh, could be saved by the grace of God. That's what this scripture is affirming. And that is brought about through God's purpose and grace in Christ, which, which was determined according to this true plan before the world was created. So he, he determined the plan whereby that mankind that's lost could be saved. But uh, he did not uh, choose uh, uh, by way of uh, his purpose uh, about those uh, that, would, uh, that he would choose to be saved and, and others would not have opportunity. That's not what the scripture is uh, saying to us. So I wanted to point that out to you about uh, the grace of God, about how that uh, people are established by grace. And so uh, there are other scriptures that could be brought out. Uh, Revelation uh, uh, 13, 8 tells us that uh, uh, in reference to the Lord Jesus before the foundation of the world, it says that, uh, uh, that in reference to him, that uh, he was uh, the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Uh, from the foundation of the world. Now, uh, that uh, points out that uh, salvation is only through that shed blood of the Lord Jesus. And faith is in the blood, according to Romans 3.25. Now, as we uh, go on to other scriptures here, and I want, just wanted to point that out to you about uh, God's purpose and grace, about the grace of God. And, and, uh, and I want to tell you today, when a person is established in the heart, uh, that uh, there is the experience of God's grace. Uh, here we find that this, this grace was mentioned here in the scripture uh, from the foundation of the world before the world began. And that was a promise that was given. It, uh, notice the promise as it was mentioned here in, in uh, 2 Timothy 1 and 1. Uh, it says here, it says, according to the promise of life, which is in Christ Jesus. So the promise of eternal life, uh, that uh, way that people experience spiritual life is through the Lord Jesus, according to promise. Now then, uh, when you go over to Titus, another scripture that affirms uh, this truth, it says this in Titus uh, chapter 1 and uh, verse 2, it says, In hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. So uh, it was that promise through Jesus before the world began that uh, through Him that people could be saved in time. And so and by that same plan of repentance and faith uh, from the heart. Now, uh, as we move on, we... We see that the Bible affirms to us about the experience of God's grace. And I've said to you that there's the experience that we all have in common as God's children about that common salvation that was mentioned in Jude 3. And so we that have been saved, that have an established heart by grace, we have that in common. That we were saved the very same way. And so the Bible teaches furthermore about the grace of God and and 1 Peter, you can go to 1 Peter uh, chapter 1. And uh, 1 Peter chapter 1, then uh, go, you get later in the scripture in uh, chapter 5. Uh, when you go to chapter 5, I believe it's about verse 12 of 1 Peter 5 and 12. There it says, uh, 
testifying that this is the true grace of God wherein you stand. So there he is talking about their eternal standing. But have a testimony and being saved by the grace of God, testifying that this is the true grace of God. Not something that's counterfeit, something that's real, that's genuine. Uh, the, the true grace of God. Uh, there's uh, uh, seemingly a lot of people that don't know about the true grace of God that do not have an established heart. Now, uh, finally, as we, we move on uh, for other uh, scriptures under consideration about the grace of God, uh, that we would uh, uh, see going back to uh, uh, other scriptures, I uh, felt the need to try to bring out some of those points here about God's grace. And, and uh, uh, we uh, move on to see about uh, uh, the grace of God. You can go over to the 10th chapter. Uh, the uh, uh, fifth chapter, rather, excuse me, the fifth chapter, uh, to uh, uh, see whether the, the Bible affirms there about the, the experience of God's grace, about the assurance of salvation, therefore being justified by faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, as it says there in uh, Romans 5 and 1. And then you uh, go to the following verses there, and you can read down through the following verses there, which uh, reflect uh, the fruits of the Spirit, uh, how that... Uh, it says in Galatians 5.22, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. The first three that were mentioned there. And so when a, when a person is established in their hearts, when they're saved by the grace of God, that is what the, the experience is of peace, love, and joy that's given to the soul of a person. And so that's why it says in verse 2 of Romans 5 and 2, it says, By whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Now, uh, we can rejoice that we have joy of salvation because uh, we that uh, have been saved have been born again and we have experienced the grace of God in our hearts. And so uh, we uh, uh, see furthermore as you read down further about the love of God which is uh, shed abroad in the heart, Romans 5 and 5. And so uh, there are various scriptures that uh, we can go to about that. And, and so uh, when you go over to uh, another scripture and, and I think about uh, the book of Colossians, if you'll bear with me here, I want to try to uh, just hear the latter part of this message to try to bring out some uh, final scriptures, uh, uh, to uh, bring out some points here about uh, uh, the, the, the true uh, gospel and the, the way of salvation and the grace of God that's experienced in the heart. This is what Paul said here as he wrote to these saints, these children of God that were members of this church of Colossae. He said in verse uh, 5 and 6, he said, By, For the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, Whereof ye heard before the, in the word of the truth of the gospel, which is coming to you as it is in all the world, and bringeth forth fruit, as it doth also in you since the day ye heard of it, and knew the grace of God in truth. And notice that expression. How that you, he said you knew the grace of God in truth. Uh, that there is a knowledge of salvation at the moment when a person is forgiven of their sins. You see, that was the purpose of John the Baptist. That was expressed in the scripture. John, excuse me, Luke 177, uh, about the God, the purpose of John the Baptist through his preaching of repentance of faith. It says to give knowledge of salvation to his people by the remission of their sins. And so uh, you see, at the moment of salvation, the, the person experiences the knowledge of their salvation. And so uh, that is uh, felt and known when it happens. Now, uh, with that uh, uh, being said, uh, we go back to uh, uh, another scriptures, uh, a few more scriptures I want to just uh, call your attention to. And uh, uh, when you tie into uh, this thought about the heart being established, you see what uh, the psalmist David uh, uh, expressed about when the Lord saved his soul. And this is what he said about it. He said about the time when his heart was established in Psalm 40. He said in Psalm 40, um, verse 1 through 3, 
He said, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. And he brought me up also out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock, and established my goings. And he hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it and fear, and shall trust in the Lord. Now, when you go back to verse 2, you notice how he said, He established my goings. Now, you see, that's what he's uh, referring to, being established with grace in his heart. Uh, when he was saved by the grace of God, when the Lord heard his prayer of repentance of faith and brought him up out of that uh, horrible pit, uh, that pit of sin and, and sorrow, that trouble that he had, that he spoke of in Psalms 116. And so, but he said, He set my feet upon a rock. And that rock is in reference to the Lord Jesus. Jesus is that the rock. As the scripture affirms to us in uh, Matthew 16 and 18, upon this rock I will build my church, he said. Upon this rock, he's in reference to himself, the Lord Jesus. Now, uh, and you can see uh, other scriptures that uh, affirm this truth, uh, but uh, nevertheless uh, we see that uh, when, when a person is born again to God's family, uh, that is what uh, uh, you see is uh, needful to understand that uh, when a person is established by grace, uh, it is the experience of grace that uh, one must have to know for sure that uh, he's been saved by the grace of God and come the Lord's way uh, in, uh, in repentance of faith and having the assurance of salvation. And so that's, that's the way that uh, it was expressed here. And how the, he spoke about that knowledge that he was born again, that knowledge that he had uh, been saved and, and uh, how his, his feet were set upon a rock and established in his heart. And so, and so we find, uh, with that being said, uh, a final thought to you that uh, when we see this expression of God's grace and this testimony, this salvation experience of David, well, one might say, uh, well, that was in the Old Testament. Uh, you see, it was different then. I will say to you this, that uh, uh, when you uh, uh, compare Scripture with Scripture, uh, when you harmonize God's Word, uh, that uh, salvation's plan has always been the same, always will be the same. And so, just to uh, bring a scripture that uh, uh, will back that up, in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, back to chapter 4, 2 Corinthians again, verse 13. This is what Paul said in reference to the experience of David back in Psalms 116. He said this as he wrote to those children of God there at Corinth. He said, uh, verse uh, uh, 13, uh, 2 Corinthians 4, 13, he said, we, including himself, he said, we having the same spirit of faith as it is written, I believe, therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. Now, he was quoting from Psalms 116. There, when David gave his salvation experience there in the scripture, which is commonly considered to be David's experience of salvation. And so you can find that verse of scripture where that David stated that. that He said, I believe, therefore have I spoken. In other words, he's saying that due to the fact that he had believed to the saving of a soul, then he could tell about it, that he could testify what the Lord had done for him in his heart, that his heart had been established by grace. And so, you see, Paul was saying to those children of God there, he, he was saying just like David was saved, having the same spirit of faith, that uh, just like uh, he was saved, he could tell about it. He said, we have been saved by the grace of God through faith in the Lord Jesus and uh, had that experience of God's grace, been established by grace in our hearts, and therefore we can tell about it as well. I tell you tonight, uh, uh, we that have been saved, we, if you've been saved by the grace of God tonight, uh, you see, you uh, have uh, that same uh, uh, salvation uh, that, uh, that Paul had, that David had, that anybody that's ever been saved has, coming the very same way, uh, the, the same way of salvation.
My question to you, you tonight, has your heart been established with grace? I'm thankful for the grace of God tonight. I pray tonight if you're here and you're lost, that you would realize uh, the danger that you're in of dying and going to hell. That you would realize that if you're never saved by the grace of God, that hell will be your eternal home. That you would realize uh, that if your name is never written in the Lamb's Book of Life, uh, that uh, you're going to be cast off into a, a lake of fire. That's what the Bible affirms to us in Revelation 20:15. It said, Whosoever is not found in the, in the, written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. And so that's going to be the punishment for everybody that dies, lost without God, without a testimony, without this experience of grace, without having their hearts being established. And I pray tonight, if you're here and you're lost, you feel that trouble in your heart, and you uh, uh, have uh, that knowledge of sin, you know that if you were to die, the hell be your eternal home. I beg you tonight to, to be willing to seek the Lord, to lay down any pride that you may have, uh, to realize that, uh, that uh, there, there's but that one way you must come, uh, that, uh, that your need is an urgent need, and that, uh, and that you, my friend that's lost, that uh, if you'll seek him with all the heart, you can be saved. Uh, if you trust in him with all your heart by calling upon him, uh, you can be saved just like he saved me back in 1986 as a 12-year-old boy in that July revival meeting in Maple Grove. You can have that same salvation that these others have here tonight. And so if you're here and you're lost, I would beg you to consider uh, the urgency of your need and the fact that uh, time here on earth is uh, coming swiftly to an end for us all. Uh, and so uh, death uh, is a reality. And you must realize, as the Bible says about time, it says in uh, James chapter 4, verse 14, it, the question was raised, What is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time that vanisheth away. Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth, it says in Proverbs 27.1. Well, you have the time and opportunity. Won't you seek the Lord tonight? Won't you be wise to seek the Lord and call upon Him, uh, to seek Him? He loves you today. If you're here and you're lost, and you are in your sins, uh, seek Him today. And you seek Him in prayer until you find Him, until you know for sure that He has accepted your prayer, saved your soul, and you've experienced peace in your heart and assurance to know for sure you've been forgiven of your sins. That's been my message. I appreciate your attention. While we stand here tonight, we want to have a song. Brother Strode, if you could lead us. So before we do that, I may uh, just turn it right over to uh, Brother uh, Cole and uh, let Brother Cole take it from here. Brother Cole. <laughs> 